0: Here we are. Um, I I think we're on the fourth year of our EAB Council update. And so thank you for having us here this evening. Um, So this is what we're going to be covering this evening. Um, Pretty much the uh, standard, what did we uh, achieve in 2018 and um, what we are doing in 2019. And uh, answer any questions you may have. So ash trees in our community, we we know that street trees create a more pleasant walking and exercising environment. Uh, They bring about increased uh, human health, health benefits. Um, They provide care and pride to the place within the neighborhood, and they also help with energy savings. So when we look at overall, uh, trees are one of the hardest working assets that we have in the city. So ash trees in our community, um, we started out with 22% of our total street tree population was made up of ash. Um, again, um, that was due to how our city responded to Dutch elm disease and uh, how we replaced those trees. Um, so the treatment through the treatment process, we are now up to having just 11% of our trees will be ash after uh, we've completed the preemptive removals. So when we talk about our makeup of our, our forest and being uh, resilient and sustainable, they say that you shouldn't be any more than 10% of a genus. So for us, ash is the genus, okay? Maple is another genus, so we're actually, when we're looking at this, we're creating that sustainable and resilient and then bringing in more other species so that we have diversity, not only in species but also in age. So this is how EAB harms trees. Um, It goes through the cambium and actually uh, lives underneath the bark and uh, I will talk to the um, weather issue that was presented, I think, a week ago in in the newspaper. Um, but after uh, high pest pressure, uh, the trees typically would die two to four years. So dealing with EAB, again, um, just going through, needed an integrated solution, um, creating our task force, working with state agencies, and working with elected officials such as yourselves. So here is the most current EAB task force membership list. Uh, I wanted to recognize some of the task force members that are here tonight. So we do have Eric Nepp in the back, Katie Crowley, Charlie Romines, Lisa Lashinger, and Travis Martin. So um, we are now meeting a, a couple of times a year um, just to keep ourselves abreast of what's latest information and, and where maybe some uh, trouble points are. So chemical treatment, we're still on that three-year treatment cycle. We, are, we have made it through doing uh, two treatments per tree. And follow me on that one. So uh, we have completed that, um, and we approximately have that 11,000 that is in that treatment process, which we've spoken about before. So, street tree preemptive removals um, again, uh, we're up to uh, over 8,000 removals so far, and we have about 1,800 remaining to be removed. And later on, I'll show you where that map is and what where we're going to be working, okay? Uh, street tree replacements. Uh, so we want to replant trees. Uh, we say three seasons, three planting seasons after the tree is removed. Um, and we plant both spring and fall. And so far, we've replaced over 4,900, just over 4,900 trees. Um, and our... We're about 48% of all the tree replacements that we do, or our plantings that we do, 48% are EAB related. So stump grubbing, streets grubs all all the stumps, not just the ash trees, but any sort of removal that we have along the street. And you can see their numbers right here, where they're at, uh, and what they accomplished in 2018. And then preemptive removals in parks. Um, What's new about this information is I've added information about golf, cemetery, and bike paths because those also have ash. And so we've actually started to go into some of the cemetery and along the bike path to take some ash down that we found along there. So um, you can kind of see what parks has been able to accomplish through their efforts as part of the team. And then uh, here is an update on our park ash tree adoptions. So 13 trees came out of the adoption um, process uh, due to either storm damage. Uh, Wexford neighborhood did not renew due to the expense of the adoption and that the uh, their preference was to see more trees be replaced and I think that's a pretty good you know success rate a hundred were renewed in twenty eighteen so that I think is a very good good item
1: and and where were those uh, renewed? I mean, what was the location
0: uh, I don't have the specific locations of where they all were um, we can get that information for you. So you don't know which parks? No, I don't have that detail. But okay. I, we can get that detail for you. Follow Thank up. you. Thank you. This is, the, and I should say, this is across the city. So EAB expenditures. Um, so Travis and Betsy York from the finance department worked on these. Uh, totals here and um, these are through 2018 Um, and what's interesting I think about this information here is um, Dutch Elm disease cost the city $7 million over a decade to deal with Dutch Elm disease from 1970 all the way to 79 so I did a little uh, cost calculator and today that would be with annual inflation of 3.95 percent, would be just over 46 million dollars in 2019. So, I think one of the things that we're accomplishing here um, is that we've done a lot of pre-planning. We worked with agencies, worked with agencies to identify how do we contain these costs and at the same time, save the forest and and make the forest a better place. One of the questions that um, might have come up or will come up maybe tonight, so I thought I would address it right away, um, is uh, folks might have seen the article that was put in the Wisconsin State Journal uh, regarding the cold temperatures. Um, So I will address that right now. Um, so this study was done up in Minneapolis area, Minnesota. Um, and one of the key things is that EAB can survive up to minus 20, okay? But when it, when it starts getting over that minus 20 um, temperature, then it will start having about 60 to 70 percent mortality, And this study was done in 2014, and I I think we talked about this at maybe one of our previous presentations about the the cold temperatures. Um, But you also got to realize how long is that minus 23 going on and what size of of tree is it, how big is the diameter. So a smaller tree isn't going to have as much insulation for that larvae versus something that's a little bit larger. Um, And then these cold temperatures sometimes don't do very well for the tree in the first place if it's already struggling. Um, So 2018 achievements, uh, we continue to meet with uh, neighborhood groups, um, EAB and mitigation efforts. Uh, Also, uh, we have the Urban Forestry Task Force that was created last year. Uh, We meet... uh, Oops, I, that's a mistake up there. Uh, Urban Forestry Task Force, we meet um, two times a month every other week. Um, and then we also will be getting a uh, another shipment of our contract row. Um, so we had uh, our first deliverables last year, and then in 2019 from the contract row, uh, just over 1,800 trees that are coming in. Um, I can tell you the having that contract row... And having that supply chain coming in with those trees has been very, very helpful for us to be able to do the right thing and replace the trees with diversity. So thank you, Council, for supporting that. Um, and then also uh, we continue to partner with Wisconsin Urban Wood this year, um, or this past year, and they gave 32 logs to them. Um, and we continue to do IPM um, processes to limit our impacts on our water systems and pollinators, Um, and then do emergency tree work as needed, and and, uh, uh, other work that's not emergency, we postpone until we have the resources available to do that work. Looking ahead, um, so... Uh, in uh, spring of 2018, we treated over 400 acres of, uh, for gypsy moth. Um, and one thing of note is that the Wisconsin DNR has suspended their gypsy moth suppression program. Um, they suspended that and uh, received approval from the State of Wisconsin Natural Resources Board to end that um, what they want to do is actually concentrate on some other pests that are more of a threat to the forests, such as bur oak blight, beech bark disease, red pine pocket mortality, just to give you an idea of there are other things that are a threat to our forests that their resources are going to be spending time on. Um, so what can property owners do in the meantime? Um, they can remove egg masses um, off the, the trunk of the tree or wherever they see the egg masses. They can scrape them off the putty knife or a stiff brush into a container of soapy warm water, and that will drown them. Um, they can also pr- treat their own private trees with a direct injection of a pesticide, similar to what we do for uh, emerald ash borer. They would just, instead of tre- treating it like it's an ash tree, they would be doing the same process, treating their tree for the gypsy moth. Um, and then also uh, Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection, DADCAP, um, reported that the gypsy moth population decreased in 2018. Um, so they set out traps, and, um, and there was a 29% decline in that um, so in 2018, only two cities in the, in the entire state of Wisconsin actually signed up for the DNR suppression program, and that was us and Sun Prairie. So looking ahead, again, where is that Asian longhorn beetle? Um, so it's right here down by the border of Kentucky, and there's some promising news here. Uh, there were two areas that were declared... ALB free in 2018, so they felt that they were able to eradicate it, and uh, so one area still remains. So 2019, uh, these are this is the Alder District map, and this is where we'll be focusing our efforts this year in the areas where it's uh, like a purple or pink. I don't know what color that looks like to you, but up in this part of the area of the city, um, which is where we originally found DAB. So that's where we'll be concentrating our treatment efforts. And then this map also shows you the subsequent years out in 2020 and 2021. Okay. Uh, Preemptive removal areas. So what is remaining up there um, is the areas where it looks like yellow or tan to you, maybe. Um, And so the reddish parts or orange, here is where we've completed the removals. So you can see throughout the city little parts here and there. Um, And then what's still yellowish is still what we are needing to work on. Um, One thing I can say is in some of these areas, uh, the ash trees are a little bit bigger, bigger in diameter and size. Questions? And again, housekeeping, um, if you do have a question, they would like you to put your monitor on so you can be recognized. None? None? Okay.
1: Thank you. All no right.
0: So Got to put the monitor on. I, I'm not in control okay. of that. <laughs> so,
2: with the uh, weather, you said uh, the study was done 20%, but you don't know how big these three are. Uh, are you able to make any assessment in the next couple of months or so as to the impact of the weather on this?
0: No. The truth, I think, will come out mm. in the spring. Um, to see if, if there was any mortality, um, how it might have affected that tree, mm-hmm. um, if the tree already had it. Um, and I think this is not only placed into what we have in our street trees, but also on private property. Mm-hmm. Um, so we won't really know um, what that you know, result is until spring and how the trees react to that.
1: Okay. All
2: right. Thank Great you.
0: question. Thank you.
2: Thank you. I think i'm up next marla hi hi how are you thanks for the annual update i appreciate yeah. it thanks for being here so i apologize i had a meeting uh, right before this that meant that i missed your first few slides your conversation about the first few slides that came in when you were talking about um, the adoption program in parks i wanted to ask you on um, the slides prior to that one 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 slide that stuck out to me when I when I was reviewing this is the one about park ash trees. If you mm-hmm. could maybe place that back on the screen, sure. And I realized that the forestry section is not a responsibility in the parks, so maybe if Lisa or Eric would be better at responding to my question, that would be fine too. When you're looking for no uh, before adoptions, right? That one. This one. Right. So, what stuck out to me when i was look when I was looking at that slide, Marla was why the the tremendous disparity between removals and replantings by hundreds and hundreds of trees so again, I don't know if since you're not responsible for park trees I don't know if you're the right person to put on the spot on that one or if Lisa or Eric want to volunteer to come up and answer it, but it just stood out to me, and maybe it was again discussed when I was in my other meeting but it, it, I don't know if it, if you... Marla, did you spend much time talking about this slide before I arrived in the chambers? Or? No. Oh, okay. Nope. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for being here.
1: You're welcome. Um,
2: for our city channel viewing audience, maybe you should identify yourself.
1: <laughs> I'm Lisa Lashinger, Assistant Park Superintendent. Thank you. Um, so part of the reason for the disparities in the numbers is that a lot of the ash that are... Um, inventoried for removal within the the parks may be volunteer ash trees that we aren't necessarily looking to replace. Um, So that's where some of the discrepancy comes from. For others, we've removed a large number of ash trees from the golf courses, and part of our, our... Planning responsibility right now is figuring out exactly how many of those ash trees we're going to replace and where we're going to replace them. There have been instances where um, Odana, for example, along hole number two, instead of replacing 40 ash trees, we installed almost an acre of prairie area. So those are the types of things that we're looking at as we're going through and, and replanting the parks. We do still have quite a bit of work to do yet in replanting the parks, but those are some of the reasons for the discrepancies there.
2: Okay. So, would would you say that a main reason why there's such a fall off in the number is, is largely reflective of golf courses as opposed to actual parks or, for that matter, forest hills?
1: Some of them. uh, Some of it is from golf courses. I would say huge a large percentage of it. Another percentage is the, the volunteer trees. So we may have gone into a, a no-mow area that's close to an athletic field and cut out some volunteer trees and and logged that as an ash removal, but it's not necessarily one that we would look to replace. Um, we haven't started replanting in the cemetery quite yet, so that, that's oh, okay. also one of the discrep- discrepancies.
2: Is there an actual... Plan for replacements in the parks where you've, like east versus west versus central parks. Are you is it pretty evenly distributed? Would you say or or not at this point? I would say
1: it's pretty evenly distributed. We work very close with the parks planning staff to determine. Our our ops staff work directly with the planning staff to determine the location so that it doesn't conflict with uh, a field space or a future playground. Uh, renovation, so we work very closely with them, and it is pretty evenly distributed across the city. Though the park arborist work started on the east side and it's mostly been completed on the east side, they're still finishing on the west. So there's a little bit of a difference there, but not a huge difference.
2: Thank you. I wanted to ask your opinion, too, if you have any thoughts on the um, park uh, adoptery program. Mm-hmm. So, And that's when I was able to, to get to the meeting was when Marla was was saying that she thought that the renewals were a really good rate. When I first looked at the slide, I thought the opposite. Uh, So do you have any thoughts, or Marla, if you wanted to say more about, and I know it's the next slide, but thank you for advancing there. Could you explain, and again, I apologize that I walked in uh, when you were going through this slide, Marla, but. Sorry. Yeah, the next one. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. Uh, Number one, does this mean that that if the adoptions aren't renewed, that that eventually parks will remove those Correct. ash trees? Um,
1: as, as Marla had, had indicated. And I apologize
2: again that I walked in when you were on this slide, Marla. So.
1: That's okay. We didn't spend a ton of time on it. Okay. Uh, Wexford is one of the parks that's been identified as um, one that chose not to readopt the tree because they preferred to have the resources put into replanting as opposed to using the money to, to inject the tree another time. Um, so the number, 244, is the number of total trees injected in the across the city. Or, I'm sorry, not injected, adopted across the city. So some of those trees were adopted in 2014. Some of them were adopted as late as last year. And when the inject, injection has to happen every three years, that's part of the reason why it's spread out. We're just getting to the point where we're needing to readopt the trees. So 18 was the first year for some of them to be readopted. Others are good and may come up okay. for adoption this year. But I can't tell you off the top of my head exactly which which parks were readopted this year. But it seems that Wexford is the only one where it's not been readopted.
2: Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is because of the injection schedule is the treatment schedule is over three years that we shouldn't be alarmed by what on the surface seems like a low mm-hmm. renewal rate because. For example, the ones on the Isthmus and Central Park area, those aren't up for reapplication yet? No,
1: I do not believe that those are up for reapplication yet. I think those happened in 17. Yeah,
2: And those were renewed? Yeah. Years. Thank you. Uh, Alderperson Persons just informed me that some in, in the 2nd Aldermanic District were up for, for retreatment and they were readopted.
1: Yeah, we by had the a number at James Madison and yeah. at Reynolds Park, and those and probably Taney. were up.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. but the ones perhaps in Brittingham Park weren't up for, for example, the ones orchest- organized by Pete Osland and Capital Neighborhoods, those likely aren't up for
1: Yes, I know exactly which yeah. trees you're referring to. I know, because you worked hard on that. Yeah, Thank I don't you. recall exactly which year those were originally adopted, but it would be a three-year cycle.
2: Okay, great. Thank thank you very much, Lisa. I appreciate it. I think the other questions I had were for Marla, so okay. thanks very much, Lisa. Yes, you're
1: welcome.
2: And then thanks for, you know my interest in this. I'm sorry I'm peppering you with questions here, Marla. Do you have a, similar statistics like this park ash tree, one that, that is for street trees that forestry section is responsible for?
0: Uh, is, is to what we did each year? Yeah. Um so last year I did have it organized and I know you
2: it wasn't in our in the what was on Legistar yes. for the tonight but I was wondering if
0: what we if accomplished Yeah that was deliberate each, yeah uh yeah we can get that so last year I did uh consecutive years and showed mm. what we did in you know 15 16 17 and then um so then I just took that away and did an overall number so um, if that's better for us in the future, I can make sure I try to present it that way. But I can get you that information if you're looking for the each-year breakout.
2: So, for example, on your earlier slides, when you have a dot point where it says approximately 8,630 removed thus far, that's the whole life of the program, correct? And then, and then you say in a later slide, under street tree replacements, 4,900. Replaced thus far, that's over the entire life of the right. EAB. Of the program plan.
0: That we're in, right. Mm-hmm. Um, implementing the mitigation plan. So that is the overall life. Um, so. Um,
2: and, I, and I'm sorry, go, yeah. go ahead. I'll, no, I'll no, no. Um, so we,
0: I can, I can um, present that information a different way and put it on our EA, uh, EAB website for forestry so that everybody it's available to everybody would that be helpful I appreciate
2: that my yeah what I was getting to in my follow up is my personal curiosity wasn't so much per year as it was the the difference in removals versus replanting similar to my question of Lisa regarding the park's ash trees Sure and sure. so it could could you maybe speak now generally to yes. why it's only out half of the preemptive removals have been replanted Sure please Um
0: so um if we were to, um, we, we typically plant about 3,000 trees per year. Out of those 3,000 trees per year, about 48% has been directly related to EAB replacements. Then there's other sorts of plantings that also occur at the same time. So um, if we were all to put it all in one bucket, there's 48% for EAB we also have um, projects uh, when a street is reconstructed. Um, that's also part of that. So when a street's reconstructed, we put in trees along those uh, project limits. We also have accessible trees. So those are in there. And then there's other trees that are being removed as well outside of the ash situation, whether it's storm damage, a tree that's died, or something that got ran over. So when you add that all up, Um, That's pretty much what our budget of time and trees that we're putting in. Um, If we were to 100% concentrate just on EAB replacements, there would be a delay for the other folks or the assessments or an engineering projects or a replacement in front of somebody's home that didn't have an ash tree. Maybe their maple tree died.
2: And I, yeah, I understand that. that, and it's important to stress. So, when you say budget, you you mean budget of time, not financial budget, budget in any yes. way. And you said budget of time. I just want to make sure that in yeah. no way is it a lack of financial. Correct. You know, yep. a, authority that we've granted you. No, no it's not a, for no, lack of appropriation. nothing to with
0: financial or fiscal. No. It's
2: and and the um, other thing I just wanted to stress, especially for folks who might be watching the the update, is that. Eventually, what you're saying is you would catch up, and it won't only seem like on the surface that 50% of the preemptive removals are being replaced with another species. That some by a certain year, you will it, that number will cl- that gap will close yes. significantly. Would yes. you say? Yes.
0: Yes. Um, you know, when we get through and going through all these preemptive removals, um, there's still going to be you know maybe two or three planting seasons. Following the last preemptive removal along the street, um, you know, making sure that we get the stump out with our partners from the streets division and then um, scheduling that replacement. So there, that's why, you know, we're working on this within three planting seasons. So um, it's not an instantaneous thing, there's other processes that go in it. Good clarification, thank you.
2: Well, thank you. I have two other quick ones, and I know our time is is getting away from us. I don't know if other colleagues had questions or not. But uh, on on gypsy moth, yes, it was surprising to me that Sun Prairie and 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 us were the only ones in, that took advantage of the DNR suppression program. From your estimation, as city forester, do you believe that the DNR getting out of the business will have a adverse impact on gypsy moth eradication efforts in our community or or is that concern on the decline, as you say, DAT cap is is saying statewide it is, and you don't think it will really have a meaningful impact? I know that some neighborhoods like Orton Park would opt out anyway when you'd send them the letters saying we're going to begin aerial spraying unless you object. And I know in the Marquette neighborhood they've objected, and that's affected the suppression program there. But could you speak more to that, please? Well,
0: um trying to predict if there would be an impact. Um, You know, gypsy moth sometimes goes in a wave of, like, building up in a population, and then there's other things that naturally occur that harm them. Um, They have a virus that is naturally occurring in the environment that causes them to die. There's also a, a fungus that also affects them, so I, I think those natural um, occurring things in our environment is working and keeping that gypsy moth population in check. Um, so I think um, if people do have something that they find on their property, there are things that they can do to their private property um, to, to combat that. If we have something in a, a park situation, um, you know, we are certainly... Um, you know, going to try to scrape the egg masses off. We did that along um, some of the boulevards, like on Codrigo Road, some of the trees along Codrigo Road and the, the boulevard or the median, the islands. They had egg masses, so we scraped them off and, and got rid of them. We did that by hand. So um, so I think there's other means, but I think it's, it's being that there's a reduction um I think that's very promising.
2: I agree. Thank you and for.
0: hopeful.
2: Yeah, thank you for confirming that at least the DNR's decision you don't think will too adversely impact us here. My very last question, I promise that I just wanted to ask you about and Lisa can jump in if she she has anything to add to on this one is just uh, a sneak peek at the urban forestry task force discussions and their recommendations which I know are forthcoming to us policymakers in the near future, I haven't been following their deliberations. I'll admit, like I should have probably. Uh, but could could you just speak to the that, that aspect of their conversation and work that might relate to your formal EAB plan? Are they are they talking about recommendations that would have a, um, an, a real um, potential impact for the EAB plan in terms of like the types of species that you've been replacing the Ash removals with that sort of thing is there either one of you wish to comment on that and share give a sneak peek to the urban forestry task force recommendations and their report?
1: there hasn't been a lot of discussion directly related to EAB because it's pretty well accepted that the plan was thoroughly reviewed and vetted, and seven city city committees had approved that, so that's not really been something that's been discussed with the task force, however. Um, Diversity of species has been really stressed in all of the recommendations and in all of the discussions because the task force recognizes that the key to a healthy, sustainable urban forest is diversity. So yes, much of what they're working on through the EAB plan and diversifying the species and hitting those target numbers is, is what's being talked about with the task force's recommendations as we understand the need to diversify
2: specifically any uh, in the issue of canopy trees i know that's caused a lot of hand wringing at least amongst um, stakeholders in the isthmus area about you know that the replacements are 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 in in terms of overhead utility wires are are not going to be canopy trees does it does a task force at least ten draft report i think they have a draft report that they're still working on does that Talk about the dilemma we have with the conflict with the overhead utility wires and canopy replacement trees.
1: Okay. So there has been discussion around undergrounding, and that could potentially be one of the recommendations coming from the task force. The specifics of it, I'm not, I can't speak to the specifics of that recommendation, but that has been something that's been one of the, one of the, um, priorities of the task force is figuring out how we do more undergrounding so that we can encourage the the larger canopy trees. Um, As far as uh, planting the smaller statue trees, we still, as forestry professionals, there is definitely still a need to plant the right tree in the right location. So that still continues to be our focus within operations, and that's something that's been assessed as the task force has been their work. So that's one of the um, some recommendations have centered around undergrounding and selecting the right tree for the right location, and how you might be able to better improve site conditions so
0: that you can plant larger trees.
2: Very good. Is there anything you want to add, Marla, on that?
0: Well, and, and I think you're aware of um, Lisa captured that correctly and, and accurately to where we are, um, and you know I think you can attest to. Uh, making sure that those site conditions are there for that tree to live longer and actually contribute to our city. Um, So how are we making that happen? I think that's one of the big components, Um, not only from when a a reconstruction might take place in the city, but all the way out to uh, looking at when there's new... Development coming into the city. How do we make that uh, new part of the city sustainable for trees in the future as well? So, um, looking for those options and those opportunities, um, and where can we make it happen?
2: Thank you. I appreciate your your responses very much. Thank you both.
0: Thank you.
2: I'm not sure if there are other questions or not, but thank you again.
0: Well, thank you very much for uh, your attention this evening. Um, if you have any questions, uh, please don't hesitate to call Forestry or, or Lisa or, or Eric um, or any other task force members. Um, that It really is a team effort. Thank you.